Large selection, too. Free estimates, 643 Riverside Street. Carpet Design. Staying on top of your tax and accounting records doesn't have to be a struggle. I'm Karen Green. Harker Mellinger has been providing professional solutions and outstanding value for over 30 years. Whether you are interested in QuickBooks consulting, monthly accounting, payroll preparation, or tax preparation, Harker Mellinger is the solution for your tax and accounting needs. Call us today. Your initial consultation is always free at Harker Mellinger, 1811 South Sheridan Avenue in Sheridan. Renovation wants you. Well, your house at least. They'll buy your home for cash, no matter what it looks like or what condition it is in. You don't have to do a thing besides contact them. No cleaning, no repairs, no having to leave for showings or make everything just right. And best of all, no realtor or commission fees. Confidential, fast, friendly, and they'll make you an offer on any home. Learn more at yorenovation.com or find them on Facebook. When you hear the name Noah's Auto Glass, what do you think of? Do you realize that we can service more than just passenger vehicles? Hi, this is Cindy. Here at Novus, we can repair and replace glass in semi-trucks, farm equipment, construction equipment, RVs, and classic vehicles. We can even come to you. If your restoration project has gotten overwhelming, we can help get you over the top. Stop in or call today to make an appointment. Novus Auto Glass, 347 North Main, 672-0139. Let's talk about 963 Trabing Road. Country living just 20 minutes from downtown Buffalo. This great country property on 66 acres with no covenants features custom cabinets, a wood stove, covered deck, fireplace, private well, central air, and a large greenhouse. Horses are allowed, RV parking, and a large storage shed. The view of the Bighorns and Crazy Woman Canyon will seal this deal. Call Dolly Bellis at Buffalo Realty and ask her about this ranchette on 963 Trabing Road. Wyoming Corporate Office is the trusted business choice behind thousands of businesses. Whether it's business formation, payroll, corporate paperwork, mail scanning service, or small business phone service, Wyoming Corporate Office powers over 100,000 businesses worldwide and locally. This makes Wyoming Corporate Office the state's largest business-to-business service provider located right here in Sheridan, Wyoming. If you're drowning in corporate paperwork looking for someone with an unmatched experience that cares and wants to be your partner in making your business successful, trust that Wyoming Corporate Office can help you focus on what makes your business tick. Learn more today by visiting wyomingcorporateoffice.com. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. Joining me this morning is the executive director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckel. Good morning, Danielle. How are you? Good morning. Uh, so, been through your first Eaton's Ranch horse drive. Yes. What did you think? I loved it. I thought it was great. Yeah? <laughs> I liked seeing the horses. It was a lot of fun. It was such a beautiful day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you got to depend on the weather for that kind of thing and it fails you but this weekend was amazing yeah so how uh, how many horses do you think actually came up on the drive i'm not sure they um when we talked to them earlier they thought that they would have i think around 150 horses but it to me it seemed a little bit smaller but i'm not sure how it was hard to count yeah. so i'm not don't have a good 
estimate of that, but it was a lot of fun to see. So you guys also hold a breakfast. Did you get a lot in attendance this year? It was consistent with other years, um, and we were a little bit worried going into it. We had a little bit of confusion about what date we were it was going to be because it was earlier than usual. So we were really glad to see that the weather was nice and we had a consistent turnout and it was it was a great event. I had a lot of fun. So how does it happen? Do uh, does like the trail boss ride up and have a conversation with you or a safety briefing or anything like that? No, no. This year, um, my committee chair and a couple of the committee members and I went out to Eaton's and talked to them and to see if there was anything they wanted us to do or if we could support them in any way if we could add some interest to the event and but we don't really have a lot of contact with them at at all it's kind of separate events that happen at the same time (laughs) (laughs) you just get lucky have that morning breakfast yeah we we plan for it to happen and i guess from um my board members that have talked about it they've said that you know sometimes the weather changes or they change their plans and we just have the breakfast anyways yeah but it's really nice to be able to do that in conjunction with that people love it and it gives them a lot to come out for and see a lot of people feel like that is the traditional sheridan start of summer yeah yeah that this is is what really kicks it off whereas the rest of the world says memorial day sheridan says eaton's horse ranch yeah yep <laughs> you you know it's it's summer when you see those horses coming through town yeah now can you describe just exactly what happens i mean is it just one of those situations where someone says hey they're on their way pretty much um you know it's so hard to know when you plan something like that i've never moved horses before but i've helped move buffalo and with animals there's so much to up to whim and mercy and you hope for the best and plan for the worst and um they kind of move along when they want to and you do the best to keep everything going along with them and so it's so hard to plan and i understand that but they just kind of come through when they come through and um we try to plan for enough of the morning to have stuff going on and be ready for people to come in that we're anytime people come in in the morning we're ready for them yeah yeah, and try to get as many people there for the actual drive itself as possible. Yeah, yeah. yep. Did you, get a, did you have a lot of children up there with some smiling faces? Oh, yeah. Yep, we did. It was a lot of fun. That's got it. I've, I've seen those horses uh, come in. I was up at the ranch, and they were taking them out to field. And uh, they have to pass this creek on their way. And so they all got to charge through this water. And so I positioned myself just right up at the top of that bank and got some of the best pictures of my life it it's just an amazing event uh if you missed it this year folks don't worry it happens every year make sure that you get out there get some breakfast watch this at least one time in your life because it is a heck of a thing to see i'd say approximately 200 horses passing through i mean it just feels like thunder in the ground it's great to see yeah all right so what was the highlight of this whole event for you, since this was kind of your first year witnessing it? The horses. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I, I like horses, so it was fun to see them. Now, is there anything that you uh, and your team have talked about or something that's been on the back of, uh, in the back of your mind? I would like to change this for next year, maybe improve X, Y, or Z. Yeah, I would love to do something where we bring um, some sort of additional entertainment. The horses are such an attraction, but it can be so fleeting that Mm -hmm. I'd love to do something where we have, you know, maybe a 
somebody with some rodeo background or horse background that could come in and have a some sort of presentation or something entertaining that can be done with with people that are there waiting waiting to see the horses there's a there's a lot we could do to um build up our our own um event yeah and that would be really really cool like maybe like a back or a a horse packing or or something along those lines the tradition of the saddle how it's come along exactly yeah anything and or even have like some 4-h kids or ffa kids talk about you know how they're um, what their what projects they're doing, yeah. what their experiences. I thought that would be a lot of fun. So we're going to see if we can get something like that going for next year. That would be really cool. And and, and, and as you were saying, it kind of gives me something else to go up to the museum and watch on that day too. Right. Like uh, horse day at the museum or something along yeah. those lines. Yep, exactly. Plus you've always got a contingency plan just in case uh, the weather does turn and yes. they're not going to have the horse drive. Yep, so exactly. Got something to lean on. <laughs> All right, so uh, how is the This Place Matters poster contest going? Uh, did you get a lot of submissions? We had a few. It was I was happy with a first-year contest. You never know what you're going to get, but we had some great posters submitted, and the kids that participated were really excited and want to do it again next year. So I was really excited that um, we have some enthusiasm there to build on. Now, uh, for those who don't know, what is this contest? May is Historic Preservation Month, and so we had an event earlier this month to celebrate that. And part of that, we we invited um, students from the community to submit a poster of a place that matters to them, a building, historic building preferably, that that they care about. And um, we had cash prizes, and the posters are on display for the rest of the month, which is going by fast. (laughs) It is. It really is flying by. Uh, You know, it feels like it took summer forever to get here, but once it was here, wow, it's here. Yeah, yep. (laughs) So when it comes to the submissions, have you seen one building more than any other? We had uh, several of the um, Trail and the Kendrick Mansion. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Anything from, uh, what is it, that big uh, grain mill? Yeah, we've had one like yeah. that, yeah. <laughs> There's just some really iconic locations in this town. Yeah, yep. And some are um, lend themselves easier to an art project for kids than others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is very, very true. Yeah. Some are a little bit easier to draw. <laughs> has has a winner been announced? Is, is... Yeah, we, we had... Um, uh, May 13th, we had an event where we announced winners and the kids that participated all got prizes. Oh, that's that's great. So their their effort has paid off. Yeah. So you're going to run this next year as well? Yeah. 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 We, we were really excited about it. My board was excited about it, which um, to have board members enthusiastic about a program is so big for us. Yeah. And that gives them a lot to be able to go to talk to people about in the community and to help us find sponsors and donors and other people interested in something so anytime i have board members interested in a project well we're gonna go with this (laughs) you know and when little kids sit back and really give a thought to what building matters to me the most that i want to sit and draw it 
you know, it gives them a moment to sit and really get to know the building. Even if it's just like a general outline, it's more than what they knew before. Right. And so the value of the of, of local history is kind of imprinted in that, isn't right. it? Right. And it's a way to get people to understand how history impacts their lives and how you don't have to be a historian to care about this stuff and work in this area. If you want to be a plumber or an electrician you and you're interested in history, you can cobble out a career for yourself where you can you can do all of those things. You can work on historic buildings. You can um, repoint the um, brick on a building and, and still be interested in history and be involved in those projects and still do something that makes more money than a historian does. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, when it comes to construction, um, you get into these kind of these finer fields like trim and and you got to learn. And I'm not saying everybody does this, but those who choose to really go all the way with it, you know, and become artisans themselves, being able to recreate something that was damaged in the past. Right. A lot of times they have to use that same technique. They got to learn how to right. do this by hand. Yep. And so it's just amazing at this, the field of specialists that are involved in historic preservation yeah. and, and refurbishing. Those guys are valuable. Yeah. And that's what we really wanted to help highlight for people is there's there's so many ways to care about history and incorporate that into your whatever career you choose and to be able to specialize in some of those things. There's it's really hard to find people who can do some of these unique techniques and the historic the historic approaches to some of these buildings. It, it, you can have to pull somebody in from another state to do a project and it might not even be that big of a project but it'll hold you up for months because you don't can't find somebody who can do it exactly exactly it, you know i look at some of the staircases in some of these old courthouses and just shake my head over the the absolute skill that it took to build this thing yeah. in like you know 1887 or something yeah. like that a really long time ago long before we had any kind of industrialization over here yeah stonemasons so, uh, and woodworking it's a, a skill that's in demand you know and and kendrick mansion of course is a perfect example of that having to preserve that thing around here it's just uh, yeah, it's got to it be expensive. Yeah, <laughs> it takes a lot, and people don't understand a lot of times all that goes into all of the decisions about how to approach this project and make sure that it, you're preserving the integrity of the building and the materials. Now, shifting gears on you, have a lot of folks stopped in to see that new paleontology exhibit? Yeah, we've been getting some good traffic. There's interest. Now, you were looking for volunteers, people with uh, maybe a, a specialty in that, that time frame. Did you get enough of those folks to kind of help guide some of the programs that you're looking into? A little bit, but we're still looking for more. We can always use more more help. And people with a variety of backgrounds we have so many program ideas we'd like to do that we're we're really open to anybody who'd like to come in and get involved and and you don't have to have specialty knowledge we can train people we can help coach people on on something that they'd like to do and develop it something they're interested in you know even if your knowledge is a little lacking enthusiasm goes a long way when yes. it comes to being somebody that kind of gives one of those guided tours and like you said you could learn anything right right but the enthusiasm for that time period the enthusiasm for dinosaurs the enthusiasm for fossils 
that is something that is just either there or not. Yeah. And and whenever I get a guided tour, you know, if if my tour guide's enthusiastic about it, I'm there. I'm with you. Yes. Yep. So even if you're just enthusiastic, but you might not know everything about that subject. Exactly. It's a good fit. Yes. All right. Now, what do they need to do? Uh, before before I take my, my break, what do they need to do if I am enthusiastic about this? And, and this sounds like something I'd like to join in on. Email me. Visit our website, um, museumbighorns.org. is an easy way to get in touch with me or director at museumbighorns.org. Call me or email me or, or visit our website for more information. Put that enthusiasm, uh, enthusiasm to good work. All yeah. right. We're going to have more with the Museum at the Bighorns when we return. You're listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE, 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Your business deserves a strong partner. First Federal Bank and Trust provides cash management services to help your business collect, disperse, and manage funds. Whether you need merchant services or positive pay fraud protection, our team will find the tools that best support your business. Contact a cash management officer today by visiting efirstfederal.bank. First Federal Bank and Trust is your partner in success. Member FDIC. Get ready for summer with CMB Supply. We have your yard care essentials in stock and ready to go. Grass seed, John Deere mowing equipment, rakes, shovels, garden supplies, bird feeders, and more. Also get your free gift with any $20 purchase. Come in to visit us at CMB Supply. We're on Heartland Drive and we're open Monday to Friday from 7.30 a.m. till 6 p.m. And then on Saturday, we're open from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Hungry for a delicious meal that'll leave your taste buds singing? Look no further than Frackleton's Fine Food and Spirits. Everything from mouth-watering burgers to succulent steaks, our menu is packed with flavor and satisfaction. Check out our extensive drink menu featuring handcrafted cocktails, local brews, and fine wines. By the way, now it's easier than ever to book your table early. Go to Frackleton's.com and choose your time of day and the table you want, and it'll be waiting for you when you get there. Frackleton's Main Street, downtown Sheridan. Okay, so I got this smartwatch that actually tells me that it's time to drink water. Our ancestors crossed the wilderness in covered wagons without water reminder sundials. How did they not die of thirst? Well, if you're looking for water, all you have to do is call 307 Wildcat Well Service in Eureka. They drill a hole in the ground and deliver cool, clear water. So here's your reminder. You need water. Contact 307 Wildcat Well Service today, and you too will have cool, clear water. Your time is valuable, especially when you are sick or injured. Sheridan Memorial Hospital Urgent Care now offers scheduled appointments to avoid waits and fit your busy schedule. We also provide telemedicine visits that can be conducted from home, work, or anywhere you have a signal on your smartphone by clicking a link in a text message we send you. This is Dr. David Nickerson, Medical Director at Sheridan Memorial Hospital Urgent Care. Scheduled in-person or telemedicine appointments are one more way we deliver value and convenience to our patients. Call or text 675-5850 or go online to SheridanUrgentCare.com. Whenever asked, our local businesses, ranches, and individuals always come through to help our local youth. The Battle of the Bighorns Livestock Show is just one such organization these folks are helping. Thank you to Wilcox Abstract, Wild Roots Club Lambs, Wolf Creek Cattle Company, and Young's Family Farm. Visit these businesses and tell them thank you for their support. 
Battle of the Bighorns, May 27th and 28th at the Sheridan County Fairgrounds. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. This morning I'm speaking with the Executive Director of the Museum at the Bighorns, Danielle Stuckle. The traditional start to summer in Sheridan is the Eaton's Horse Drive. That event happened this past Sunday. Now, Danielle, what's the next big event that's going to be taking place out there at the museum? June 24th, we have a an author coming in to speak about a new book, Michael Amundsen. He has a book about Merritt Dana Houghton, I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm not entirely sure, so I hope I didn't get that wrong. But he's a pen and ink artist who did a lot of work in the American West, including Sheridan. Uh, bird's eye view of different communities. Uh, I think other things too, but he's known for community bird's eye view drawings um, in the late 1800s and early 1900s. So I'm really excited about this book. There's one of the um, artworks featured is a map specifically of Sheridan. So I think it'll be a really interesting book talk. um, uh, Emson is a history professor out of Arizona, but he's done work in the area before and been at our museum before. So I'm looking forward to meeting him and and hopefully maybe carrying the book in our gift shop. We carry books by other regional artists, so this will be a nice fit for us. And that's June 24th, which is a, a Saturday, I think. It'll be in the evening after the museum is closed so people can come in free. And then June 28th, we're doing a hospitality open house. So this is focused on people who work frontline jobs, tourism industry jobs, gas stations, retail, restaurants, hotels. We want to get them into the museum so they can see what what we're doing, what things have changed. They talk to visitors and residents all the time, all day long, every day, and we want them to have an idea of what we're doing so that when visitors come in and ask what's fun to do in town, they they might mention us. If they have a good time at our museum at an open house, hopefully they'll tell other people, hey, go check out the museum. So we're doing that on June 28th, and that's free, but we do ask people to register so we know how how to plan for refreshments and door prizes and all of that. We're we're excited to do this. I think we've maybe done it in the past, but it's been a while, So, and we've had so many changes. We're really anxious to get people in the door and, and see what we're all about now. I think that's fantastic. It's it's one of those things. It's, it's really a, a double win. I mean, this is a win-win for everybody. You know, right. uh, staff all over this city, which is the majority of us, you yeah. know, uh, work in the hospitality slash tourism industry, getting a chance to go up to the museum with their kids and their families and kind of just have a day celebrating hospitality staff. You yeah. don't get that a lot. Right. I think that's brilliant. But at the same time, they're also the ones who are good. You know, that's what I do. Right. I ask my waitress. I ask the girl at the counter, hey, what's great to do in this town? Exactly. And so I think that's a perfect win-win for everyone. Yeah. It's easier for people to be able to talk about us if they've sincerely had a good time and genuinely yeah. are excited about the museum. So if we if we can connect with them and give them a good time, it'll be natural for them to tell people to come see us. That's a fantastic idea. Everybody wins out of that. Now, how do they get tickets or uh, RSVP uh, for this event? We have a page set up on Eventbrite so they can find us through Eventbrite, but they can also just go to our website at museumbighorns.org and um, get the link there, too. We have uh, 
a link to Eventbrite through our website, and they can get. It's not a ticket exactly. It's just registering, which um, it's so hard to plan for an open house. So we thought we'll do it this way and and get an idea. Um, how do you plan for food for an unknown number of people? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if it's a hit, you're going to be short. Right. If it's a bust, we're going to have to throw so much away. Yep. And and wasted money and resources. Exactly. Let us know where you're coming, and we'll plan accordingly. Absolutely. <laughs> now, when is this happening again? That is June 28th, um, from 5:30 to 7:30. Is there a deadline for that RSVP? Um, I think I have it set up for the day before the 27th. Okay, and I will be sure to get that up online, folks, so that uh, if you're out there listening right now and you're like, you know what, I want to do that with my family, I will get that link up there. Now, in the past, uh, the museum has held an artisan market out on the deck. I, I really didn't know what else to call this, and I can't remember if the museum really knew what to call it at the time either. But there was usually, like on a Saturday, I know it was something new. They weren't sure if they were going to do it into the new year. Do you think that's something that you're going to continue or, or something that uh, you've explored? Yeah, we would like to continue that, but we don't know what that looks like yet. We have a lot of ideas of how we'd like to do it differently, and so we're still exploring that. Okay, so we're not sure on, on like starting that maybe this year, maybe next year. Right. We're, we're looking at ways to use that. We have that nice deck space, and it can be kind of challenging depending on the weather, but it's a great space we'd like to use more. So we've been talking about uh, several different types of events we can have there. Now, um, can you tell us a little bit about the history trunks? Do you get those back every year from, like, the schools, or do they only have them for a particular amount of time? They usually only have them for a few days at a time. They bring them back, and then they're available for other, other schools and other teachers to borrow and when it comes to family reunions, or so, I'm the nerd, okay, who would go down and be like, how am I going to entertain 25 kids? I'd go get a history trunk, and, and we would just kind of have a good time with the stuff that's inside of there. Is that uh, a possibility? Could someone come and actually rent this thing or no? We usually only let other organizations borrow it. Which is totally fair. I get yeah, that. Yeah, but I'm open to discussing that with people. Um, we have... Um, Girl Scout troops and 4-H groups that have borrowed stuff like this, Boy Scouts. So there's ways that we can partner with people and make, make things available. That's actually a fantastic idea. Uh, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, 4-H, getting a hold of some of these trunks and just exploring the history in their area. Yeah. Now, uh, what's your favorite trunk? Well, I'm partial to the one about bison. I like that one a yeah. lot. I'm on a, I'm I, I'm on a board for a bison museum, so that's really a focus area of mine that I'd like to do more with at our museum. It's a great topic. Oh yeah, and it was so vital uh, for the indigenous folks around here. You know, the buffalo uh, in this area, maybe a little farther north, even just everything for them. Right, and it's a really interesting. Um, the bison industry has become known for their marketing about if you want to save bison, eat bison. That supports the bison industry, which isn't a message you usually see coming out of um, trying, you know, you don't eat whales or dolphins or anything else. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's the eat only, the whale. Yeah, it's yeah. the only animal that we really market that way that we're trying to save. But it's been, um, it's a, been such a rebound in the number of animals because of that, that I really promote um, 
if you want to see bison on the landscape, if you care about the environment, bison are so integral. And mm-hmm. and eating them supports the ranching industry, which is important in Wyoming, too. There's a lot of bison ranchers here. And so we're really trying to support that. And I know some local people who are trying to get into bison ranching that I'd love to do some programs with. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, maybe have some visitors head out there or maybe even bring a bison in. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Yeah, that that. A little bit challenging for our particular site, but yes. <laughs> we, I, I don't know if the bison would like our parking lot that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little rough on the hoof. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was growing up as a kid, there was a guy who had a few bison um, down the street in Auburn, Wyoming. And uh, you could ride your bike over there. And we would often because he had this humongous bull. And that was the first time in my life I remember seeing a bison, like, in person. You know, a living, breathing bison. And that thing was about twice as big as I thought it would be. Yeah. They're just huge and beautiful. Yeah, they're amazing. What an animal. And it sounds, people say that they can jump so high and run so fast, and that sounds just incredible and so hard to believe. But I've been part of um, roundups where we had them running through the chutes and I can attest that they will jump straight up in the air and you're you're expecting them to come over that eight foot fence right Man. at you. <laughs> they know how to use that weight, don't yes. they? Yes. <laughs> we got lucky. Uh, the first, my, my wife is from Minnesota. She hadn't been to Yellowstone before. We drove in on the eastern gate and there is a, a kind of a little hill and sure enough, as soon as we were in Yellowstone, there he stood, big yeah. old bull bison right in the middle of the road, and we just had to wait until yep. he was done standing in the road. You don't make them do anything. They Nothing. do what they want. <laughs> yeah, and make sure that you're staying pretty far away from those things. Yes. If you're new to the area, do not approach bison. <laughs> they are not domesticated, cute little animals. Uh, I think some tourists learn that every year, unfortunately. Now, what else can we look forward to the happening in the museum this summer? We have so many things going on. We're juggling moving exhibits around, developing programs, and we're really just trying to manage scaling up. We have you know, we're still looking for volunteers, like we talked about earlier, that really helps us out. We've got a skeleton crew that are trying to do an awful lot of things in a short amount of time. So any volunteers that want to come in and help, we would really appreciate it. We're redoing a number of exhibits and just trying to roll out changes that will keep people coming back. Yeah. Exhibits that uh, folks want to explore over and over again yeah Yeah. we have a wonderful fiberglass horse that's been on our porch for years that we brought inside we want to do some interpretation around that and do some programs that horse is so important just like bison horse is another thing that has a huge impact on the local history and in so many different ways from ranching to polo there's so many ways we can incorporate new programs and interpretation around that so to bring that fiberglass horse in was a nice focal point for us to have set up in the museum now and you know i i know my longtime listeners know I, I'm, I'm always kind of flabbergasted by this and i talk about it often but the polo in this area uh <clears throat> never put it together before i moved up here to sheridan cowboys polo 
hand in hand. I'm really excited. I've never seen a polo match. I really don't know much about it. So I'm really excited to learn more and to go and see it this summer. That should be a lot of fun. And I'd like to incorporate things like that into what we're doing at the museum and find connections with the rodeo and, and all of these things going on in the community that we can represent in the museum. We're looking at trying to be kind of a Sheridan 101 um, base camp concept where people new to the area come see us first and get an idea of where they should be going and what they should be doing. So it's really helpful for us to understand what's going on in the community, which is a great excuse for me to get to go do stuff. <laughs> there you go. I have to go to the polo matches for work. <laughs> there, that's that's perfect. I got to get to know my community. I have to attend all these fantastic events. It's not exactly. my fault. Yep. Uh, I have to go to all the restaurants and all the bars so I know what to tell tourists. <laughs> Just like our hospitality event, it's easier for us to recommend businesses in town if we know that. So it's a really good excuse that, yeah, I've got to go check out this new restaurant. <laughs> Live it, living a rough life, Danielle. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> Don't you feel sorry for me? <laughs> I do. I'm, I'm weeping inside. Thank you so much for coming down and uh, speaking with me this morning. I'm glad you got to see the first big heat, Eaton's Horse Ranch. Uh, and uh, welcome to summer. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. When we come back, we're going to speak with a couple of members from the Sheridan High School rodeo team. You're listening to... On 930 KROE at 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan American Legion Baseball is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. The 39th Annual Buffalo Lions Club Fishing Derby is happening Memorial Day weekend at Lake DeSmet. Get ready for a fun-filled weekend. The lake is located on I-97 miles north of Buffalo. There are $100 to $2,000 tagged fish and a total of over $50,000 in cash and prizes, including a Polaris Sportsman 570 Trail ATV. The 39th Annual Buffalo Lions Club Fishing Derby, May 27th through the 29th. Thanks again to their outstanding sponsor, Budweiser. Visit Valvoline Express Care for your next oil change or automotive repair. They perform quality oil changes quickly with no appointment necessary. They service all vehicle makes and models with products that exceed manufacturer specifications to ensure your new vehicle warranty remains intact. Stop in today and turn off that pesky oil change reminder. If you need new brakes, battery, tires, alignment, or a check engine light is on, they can take care of that too. Valvoline Express Care, powered by the brand you trust. 752 Coffee and Avenue. Heads up. Whether it's at work, at home, or play, take a few seconds to look up and locate any overhead power lines. When working outside, be sure to keep yourself and any tools or equipment you're using at least 10 feet away. Teach your children to fly kites or toys in areas away from overhead power lines. And do not attempt to remove anything that has become tangled with a line. Always assume an overhead power line is energized and dangerous. A safety message brought to you by Montana Dakota Utilities. In the community to serve. 
This Memorial Day, Canes and Champion Funeral Homes invite you to a truly special event in honor of our fallen heroes and the families they've had the honor to serve. Join them on May 29th from 8 to 3 p.m. in the empty lot next to the Sheridan Municipal Cemetery, where they will have prepared a day filled with remembrance, togetherness, and gratitude. Look for the big tent with red, white, and blue balloons and enjoy a free brunch and lunch with delicious food. Kane and Champion Funeral Homes are here for you May 29th, 8 through 3 p.m. Don't miss this special Memorial Day event. Will you be a winner in our $2,000 gift card giveaway at the Sheridan Commercial Company? Hi, Kurt Smith here. Today through Friday, June 2nd, we're giving away $200 in gift cards each day for 10 days. So come in today and register. In fact, you can come in every day and register. No purchase necessary. There are lots of chances to win. You could be part of the $2,000 gift card giveaway. Sign up today. Thanks from the Sheridan Commercial Company. We appreciate your business. Open seven days a week. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse. Proudly brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. For the second part of our show this morning, I am joined by Sheridan and Buffalo High School Rodeo team members Abigail Olson and Jimmy Adamson. Good morning and welcome to the show, ladies. Good morning. Now, real quick, Abigail, what grade level are you in high school? I'm a junior. Junior, and you're you're here at Sheridan. Yes. Now, what uh, what do you do on the rodeo team? Uh, like, what do you mean? Well, uh, what events do you take part in? Oh, I do barrowing, pole bending, goat tying, and breakaway roping. What uh, What about those events got you interested into doing those? Uh, my mom grew up doing high school rodeo and college rodeo. And she prorated for a while, so it's kind of just, like, there. Yeah. But it's also, like, the competitiveness of you're at a very fast pace, and it's a very short window to do things in. But it's also just you and your horse competing, and it's not really a team aspect, so it really just falls on you and your horse and how well you can just make things happen in a short amount of time. Abigail, did you grow up on a ranch? I did. You did. How big is your ranch? Uh, It's, like, 30-ish acres. What what kind of jobs uh, do you do out there? Uh, we cut our own hay, and we bale our own hay, and then we put it up a lot. And then we have our roping cattle, and then we have some goats, and then we have our horses. Oh, so you guys actually raise roping cattle? Uh, no, we just kind of buy some, and then once they get big enough, we sell them. Ah, oh, all right. Jimmy, what about you? Same question. Well, I'm a junior. Um, I breakaway rope, I pole band, and I cow horse. Just for high school rodeo. I've done other events, but I like to keep it simple. Um, my family on both sides are huge rodeo families. My grandfather pro rodeoed for a while. My mom college rodeoed, high school rodeoed. My dad. So big rodeo families on both sides. Um, I didn't necessarily grow up on a ranch, but I've been around it my whole life. Yeah. Like her, we buy calves. We rope those, but we've never raised anything. So... Yeah, I've just always been a part of it. I love it. Love the connection I have with my animals and the people I meet. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a great thing that I've, we've got going on, and just so lucky to do it. Now you, you motioned over to Abigail for those who didn't see. Are you two friends on the outside? Yes. Opposing yes. teams, but you're friends on the outside. Well, yeah, we compete, but that doesn't mean we can't be good friends. And that's pretty cool. I like that. All right, so tell me about breakaway roping. Um, and we can go with uh, Jimmy, Abigail, whichever one would like to talk on that. 
I'll let Jimmy do it. She's the director. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I am the um, Wyoming High School Breakaway Roping Director. I've breakaway roped for so long now, and pretty much it's just you and your horse. You're in the box, and you have a barrier. So you make sure that calf gets out, and then you go after it and rope it. And so when that rope breaks off, that's when your time is. So it's actually the fastest event in rodeo right now. It's just huge. It's just blowing up everywhere. Pro rodeos are including it, and women are starting to be able to make as much money as um, guys pro rodeoing. So it's just it's huge. Um, right now we're roping some great calves at the high school rodeos. They're a little slow. But they're great calves, and it's just it's just so fun. It's so fast. <laughs> now, last year, I think, was the first time I actually saw breakaway roping. Oh, really? Um, up at this level over here. It's been years since I've been to a rodeo. And when I was a kid, they I don't remember them having breakaway. Mm. I mean, this is a fairly new event. Yeah. And as you said, it, it tends to be kind of female-dominated. Yeah. As it, I don't know why, but it's just, it's really fast, isn't it? Like, just the pace of that thing <laughs> yes. pro- might be the fastest event in rodeo. Yeah, it definitely is. Like, there are seconds. Um, there was a lady in um, Texas last week that was a 1-6. One, one second. And um, it's pretty fast. Um, it's pretty much just females because, like, in junior high, boys will do it. But um, usually guys go towards tie-down roping. So, um it's just mostly female dominated, but I think it was introduced to Pro Rodeo like what three years ago. I think so. Yeah, so it's a really new event. But it's it's been an event. Like my mom did it. I mean, way my grandparents did it, but it's just newly into Pro Rodeo. Wow. Yeah. So now, what do you guys think caused this new attention to breakaway roping? I don't know. Yeah. I think it's like the popularity. It just started to grow really big, and so. And it's, like, kind of cool to watch just to see how fast these women can rope them. And oh, like, would you say one? There, eight, what one was six, that time? One, one six? six. One yes. six. Yeah. That's incredibly fast. Yes. Now, when you rope, what what is the when it, the breakaway part of the rope? What is that? Is that attached to, like, your saddle horn yep. or something like yeah. that? Yeah, you'll tie your rope onto your saddle horn, and then the flagger, when that... It's tied also, there's a flag tied to the end of your rope. So when he sees that flag pop off, that's when your time ends. Okay. So you actually don't have to, like, jump out and handle the, the <laughs> no, calves in no. any way. Once <laughs> no. that rope's gone, the no. time is up. Yep. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. What's your fastest time, Jimmy? I've been a 1.8. One 1.8? Eight. One eight. Yeah. Wow. Abigail. Mine's like a 3.6. <laughs> I got a little bit later. You're working, it, You're <laughs> yeah. working on it, though. You're working on it. A 1.8. Were you competing, or was that in practice? It was at a jackpot. Um, and I broke out to be one a lot. I've only been a one clean once, but it's easy to break out and be super fast, too. <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> that is so fast. I mean, one second, that's gone. Um, now, when it comes to kind of amping yourself up before that, what goes through your mind as you're sitting in the chute, you're waiting on this calf to, to break out, which starts the time, because mm-hmm. there's like a little bar or something there, right? There's a, there's a line that holds you in the box, and then there's a calf in the chute. Okay, yes. so what's going through your head? Uh, do you try to clear your head? Do you try to focus in? I mean, how do you prepare for something this quick? Do you want to go first? Abigail, <laughs> go ahead. I just really focus on like the part of the neck that I really need to keep my tip and my swing at. So that when I do throw it, it's I have like a higher percent chance of catching. Mm-hmm. 
But then I also really try to focus on when I am running of just reading the calf if it's going to duck left, if it's going to duck right, or keep going straight. Yeah, because these things, they can turn on a dime if they want to, don't they? What about you, Jimmy? What's going through your head? Um, honestly, I black out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's okay. Hey, a lot of people, they're like, you know, I'm so focused, everything, yeah. tunnel vision, right? Well, um, I have just worked so hard at it, and I just trust myself, and I trust my horse, and um, we've practiced as many scenarios in my head and the practice pen so i just kind of just let go and trust god and just say you know what jesus take the wheel <laughs> <laughs> you're in charge man i'm sitting back on this well, one right it's just i mean i complete my best runs i can't tell you what i did yeah i can watch the video and say hey i did this with my tip i took this many swings but when I don't know what's going on until that rope breaks off. Well, it's that whole idea. It's like muscle memory, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And you just you just let the training. Yep, you trust go. it. Yeah, you trust it. All right. Now, uh, there's also Abigail's into goat tying. Now, when it comes to goat tying, what exactly is involved in that? Is that a lot like uh, the calf event? It's kind of similar in the act of you're tying three legs of the animal and you want it to hold for six seconds. But it's also kind of not because in the tie-down, you're asking your horse to stop as soon as you rope the calf. Mm-hmm. In goat tying, you're not roping at all. You're getting off of your horse while it's running majority of the time. Some people choose to stop their horse, but a lot of the top girls really keep their horses running. So it really depends on how much balance you have. They just remove that part altogether, huh? Yeah, so you're asking your horse to run as hard as they can in a straight line. Well, you're asking, like, and you're also in the motion of going to hang off the side of them for a while. And then you're just kind of hoping that your balance is good enough to keep you up and standing right when you get off. Abigail, do you use the same horse for both events? I do not. Yeah. One one is trained to, to do one thing and one's trained to do another? Yeah. I have one horse that does barrels and poles and then... I used to use my rope horse as my goat horse, but he kind of gets sore in his back, so then he would really veer right on me, and it yeah. got really kind of dangerous for my knees and stuff. So then we swapped horses, and now he just does breakaway. How long have you been goat uh, tying? Uh, probably since I was five. And that's a pretty quick event too, isn't it? I mean, that one's pretty fast. Yeah. Now, what about, uh, I'm going to come back over here to you, Jimmy, pole bending. Um... Well, we both pull bend, and um, I it's great. I trained um, my horse, and we actually just got him as a ranch horse, and it was just kind of like a shot in the dark, and he worked. You just go through um, six poles. You run down there, and you weave through them and weave back and run home, and it can be so fast. This weekend, it was, it was tougher than I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, on Saturday, I guess, the top three girls were 20.4s. And that's that's pretty fast. Um, the fastest I've ever seen in a pole run is a 19.5. A girl did that at nationals last year. Wow! It is so fast, and it's it's hard because those poles are they want to go down. I mean, you can you can just hit them, and it's whoop. Oh, really? So yeah. those are, they're not like uh, no. put on a centralized pole and stood no, up. No, it's it's like if you hit it, it's a five second penalty. So you want to keep those Ouch. poles up. Yeah, wow. it, it hurts my knees if <laughs> went through some damage. <laughs> um, but it it's great. It's so fun. Um, it's definitely not my favorite, but I love it. It's great. It's a cool experience. It's fast. 
What got you into into the the pole bending? Was this one just one of those events where they're like, "Hey, you're already doing all this fast paced stuff. Do some pole bending well, too." Or was this like, "I want to do that event." Well, um, when I before I started roping when I was really little, I barrel raced um, goat like goat tail tied and pole bended and um, when I had this little yellow mare in junior high and we never really clicked and then I just I found out about my gray horse and I was like you know what let's just try it I think he'd be great at it and he's just so talented at it it's just a waste if I don't run him. Now when it comes to one of those watching other competitors what do you think really cuts down the majority of that time is it the horse like just strictly working with the horse to where when they put their hooves into the ground they can pivot quickly. Or, or is it something else that you think really cuts the time down that you got to work on? Uh, well, every horse is different. Like, watching her horse, she has a really big horse, and he really goes to those poles real fast, and so does mine, but he's little. So it just it kind of depends on how they run and how hard they run down there and how they turn those. Every horse has its own style. I guess maybe this isn't really answering your question, but it's really hard to pick and choose. Yeah. What exactly narrows it down? Because if you watch my horse run, we look slow out there, but we're just smooth. And there are some girls that you can just tell are going to just kick butt. So it's just, it's definitely hard to nitpick. I, I think it depends on how fast your horse is going through them, how fast they're going down, how tight they turn. But you can be real nitpicky about it. Well, there's a lot of factors that are oh, involved. totally. And and this is one of those events you got to you know think about all these things long before you actually get in there and get it done right yeah. uh, because by the time you're staring down those poles all the thinking is is been been done yeah. and if it hasn't then you are not going to have a good race right <laughs> nope. all right we don't have too much uh, longer to go but let's talk about what's coming up this weekend this is uh, a big event happening over in Buffalo correct. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right, tell me about it. What's going on? You go ahead. Uh, it's the Sheridan and Buffalo High School Rodeo, and it is Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and it's free to the public to come and watch. They don't have to pay or anything like that, and it's just basically the high school rodeo that's put on, mm-hmm. like, every weekend it's put on there. And this is happening over at the Johnson County Fairgrounds? Yep. Yes. I'll be able to hear it from my front porch. <laughs> I, I live right off the street there. Uh, probably take a visit and watch you guys compete. Now, there's also the National High School Finals Rodeo. Where is that going to be held this year? Gillette. Gillette. Yes. Have you have you ridden over there? It is this a lot like, let's take like football, where it kind of depends on the field where you're at? Do you feel that? In certain events, yes. Yes. Okay, what event would you say that was, Abigail? Um, I would say either barrels or pole. I mean, mm-hmm. barrels or breakaway, for sure. And it's it's all based on what, the dirt? Um, the dirt, the deepness of the ground, how wet it is, the size of the pattern, and just, like, how hard your horse runs in outdoor pens versus indoor pens. Like, my horse, he'll run better in the outdoor pens and the bigger pens than he does in the smaller indoor pens just because it's a lot more open and he can really stride out. Yeah. But you have some of the smaller horses who run a lot better in the indoor smaller pens than they do in the big door pens. You have horses who handle really not the greatest ground a lot better. Or you have the horses that have to have the perfect nitpicky ground. But then also in the breakaway, you have different scores. So if the if you time your score wrong, then you could break the barrier or you could be late, and that really affects your time. Because if you're late, you have to run your calf down a lot longer and your time's going to be a lot longer. And if you break... It's a 10-second penalty added onto your time. It's rough. 
<laughs> All right, ladies, I want to thank you so much for coming in and having this conversation with me. I've learned more about these events than I ever had before. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Have you. a great rodeo, and I wish you both, both, even though you're opposing teams, <laughs> go out there and get some great times. Thank you all right. So much. Thank you. All right, you've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust would like to recognize another winner of $1,000 cash and a $1,000 marketing donation match from Sheridan Media. As part of their community commitment, Sheridan American Legion Baseball is receiving these funds per random drawing. We're giving $1,000 away every week to a qualified nonprofit organization. Next week, it could be your nonprofit. Visit our website, efirstfederal.bank, for details. First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media present Community Commitment Member FDIC. I'm here today with Candace Crane from Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. Tommy, hi. Have you started your spring cleaning yet? Oh, I need to get on that. You know what's really important to do in the spring that often gets overlooked? What's that? Replacing the cabin and engine air filters in your vehicles after driving on the mucky winter roads. And remember, we service all makes and models, including domestics. I didn't think about that. And for the month of May, we're offering 50% off all cabin and engine air filters when you get the oil change in your car truck at Sheridan Honda. For all your service and repair needs, visit Sheridan Honda and Power Sports. In this day and age, everyone's looking for a great value deal. Well, look no further than your locally owned McDonald's. The $3.50 value deal is available at your McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Choose from a McDouble, hot and spicy, or six-piece chicken McNuggets, plus a small fry for $3.50. Now that is the value. Don't forget to download the McDonald's app for even more great deals. Look no further for a great value deal than your locally owned McDonald's in Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. May is Better Hearing Month, and hearing wellness is what this month is all about. Hi, this is JT Kraft with EBA Hearing, and we're here to help. We'll start by providing you a free baseline hearing test so you know where your hearing stands. Then we offer a free consultation about hearing wellness, show you how to protect your hearing, and when necessary, we'll help you hear what you've been missing. Call us today, and we'll help you take the right steps toward hearing wellness. EBA Hearing, 674-8920. That's 674-8920. Are you interested in the field of broadcasting or communications? The Wyman Association of Broadcasters is offering several $1,000 scholarships to help you pursue your education. You must be a full-time student at a Wyoming community college or the University of Wyoming with a GPA of at least 2.5. We're looking for students that exhibit superior potential in studies or activities related to a career in broadcasting. Stop by the Sheridan Media Studios or go to wyomingbroadcasting.org for an application form. The deadline to apply is June 15th. It is critical we keep AM radio in all cars and all trucks. Hey, Sean Hannity here. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio. It is the backbone of the emergency alert system because when cell and internet services are down, AM radio might be your only lifeline. Now text AM to the number 52886. Tell Congress that we need AM radio.